So we got ourselves a time travel movie. And nobody does time travel better than the X-Men. Bullshit. Now, we got guys that travel to the future. We got guys that travel to the past. We got guys that are born in the past and travel to the future and then come to the now. You're talking about the comic books, not the movie. Yeah. Because the movie sucked ass at it. That's not true. It, It is true. It was internally consistent. With what? Itself. That's what internally consistent means. If you mean it was the the uh, lack of of story accuracy is an internal consistency, sure. I mean, it was woefully inconsistent with the source material, but with itself, it was spot on. What are you even talking about? No. They set rules. They followed the rules. Internally consistent. Oh, is that how come uh, we had one guy mind-melding with another guy who was not really him. He was his soul in his younger body, and then he talked to himself older, even though there's no way that should work? Exactly. Now you're starting to sound like an X-Men fan. (laughs) No! No! Yes! All right, and uh, we'll see you next week for Marvel Movie Night. Hi, I'm Jay. I'm Stacy. And this is Marvel Movie Night. This week for Marvel Movie Night, we watched X-Men, Days of Future Past. And that title is just as confusing as the movie. A 2014 Fox film, rated PG-13, written by Simon Kinberg, and directed by Brian Singer. Brian Singer? Not Bobby? Not Bobby. Oh. And you made that joke the last time Brian Singer directed an X-Men movie. Oh. Well, at least I'm internally consistent. ha, 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 ha. So, this movie was loaded with cast. No, it really wasn't. What? It, it had, well, I mean, it had, okay, it had all the X-Men in it. <laughs> it had uh, uh, Peter Dinklage. Woohoo! I love him. He's one of my favorites. Um, uh, I mean, everybody knows Hugh Jackman, James McAvoy. Michael Fassbender, Jennifer Lawrence, Halle Berry, uh, Nicholas Holt, who I don't know him except for he plays Beast. Anna Paquin for like three seconds. Elliot Page, listed as Ellen Page, uh, playing Kitty Pride. Uh, Peter Dinklage, Sean Ashmore, and Evan Peters from American Horror Story, who, um, Pretty quickly, just in that show, uh, proved himself to be an incredible actor. Oh, yeah. And he's kind of playing goofy teenager in this, but it still it still works. I don't think they're really Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart. James Marsden, I forgot about him. But there wasn't, except for Peter Dinklage, there really wasn't anybody that, you know... 
you well, didn't expect to be in it. Well, that's fair. It's just it's a big cast with with all of the old X-Men and all of the young X-Men. Okay, yeah, sure. Plus new bad guys. Um, And then you've got Omar Sy playing Bishop, whoever Bishop is. They didn't explain it. Uh, Daniel Cudmore playing Colossus, whoever Colossus is. They didn't explain it. Bing Bing Fan playing Blink, whoever she is. They oh, didn't I love Blink. It. We'll talk about Blink. Aiden Canto playing Sunspot. Don't know who he is. Oh, that was supposed to be Sunspot. Okay. Boo Boo Stewart. These names, man. I'm sorry, honey, but Boo Boo Stewart is your name, really? He played Warpath. Ugh. Which, that feels on the edge of racist. He Okay, Warpath. And then Lucas Till played Havoc, but I... Havoc we know from the first class You know, movie. he's the guy that played MacGyver in the, in the new piece of shit MacGyver show. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, well, you said big cast, and I was like, uh, you know, yeah. I'm I'm really here for the, oh, hey, look, it's that guy. Okay. And they didn't have a lot of that. Um, but yeah, that's it. Those are your peeps. All right. So what they spend on the movie? This movie looked expensive. I mean, for all the things I'm about to complain about, it did look really good. Okay. That's one thing that these guys are really good at is being pretty. They should, shouldn't worry their little heads about things like, whether or not we know DNA exists in 1973. So what do you think they spent then? Uh, 190. 200, close enough. <laughs> That's about as close as I've been getting. Yeah. Opening weekend, it pulled in 91. Uh, it grossed 234 domestic and 746 worldwide. It spent, of its 31 weeks in theaters, it spent one week at number one. It's first week, uh, where it displaced Godzilla. That's not surprising. Also out was still Amazing Spider-Man 2 and Neighbors. The week after this was released, Maleficent came out and displaced X-Men. As it should have. Uh, also in that same time period, A Million Days to A Million Ways to Die in the West. Really? Is that movie not that old? Yeah. That was a crappy. The, the Seth MacFarlane crappy. comedy western thing. Crappy movie. I don't remember watching it, you, so I'll you take didn't. your word for it. You um, wouldn't like it. It's not your kind of humor. The Edge of Tomorrow. I don't know what that one is. I remember it was a big action movie. Edge of Tomorrow? Yeah. Why does it sound like a soap opera? It sounds like a James Bond movie, honestly. Oh, it kind of does. Edge of Tomorrow... No, that is a soldier movie. Oh. The Earth falls under attack from invincible aliens. Oh, how have I not seen this? It's got Tom Cruise in it. An officer who's never seen combat is assigned to a suicide mission. (laughs) Sounds stupid. (laughs) Yes, this guy who's never seen combat. we, (laughs) We want him to go kamikaze on these assholes. Sure. That yep. Mm-hmm. That's how it works. In a movie that I know was big. Yes. Uh, the Fault in Our Stars. Oh, uh, yeah, that was big for our children. Yeah. Yeah. Um, not not the best lineup. Now I gotta watch Edge of Tomorrow so I can laugh at it. <laughs> 
I'll, I mean, I'll always watch an alien movie. <clears throat> so your your overall your your quick thoughts on this movie was bluff. Well, I'm on the fence because because okay. I'm nitpicky, and this is this isn't our world. So you keep saying, "Oh, it doesn't have to be accurate because this isn't the world we live in." But it bugs me. Like the DNA, we didn't actually start being able to pull DNA apart until like 1986. Um, we knew it existed. But didn't know what to do with it uh, well before then. But, you know, them being able to isolate DNA in a blood sample and do something with it is just well beyond the ability of 1973 scientists. And it, it bugged me. And I'm the kind of person that that sort of stuff bugs because it's a quick Google. Yeah. You know, um, they could have just been more vague about it. At the very least. And then there were there were other things that were inconsistent. Also, you said you didn't notice. I think you were writing. But Mystique, when she shot Peter Dinklage in one of the um, flash forwards, the bullet tumbled out of the gun like she chucked it instead of shot it. Oh. It was really weird. And I couldn't. Could figure out if it was, um, I don't know what the hell it was. It was weird. That's not how bullets come out of guns. I don't know. Um, now I will say the opening, the opening part of this movie had high hopes because it looked grungy and dirty. And if it didn't immediately put you in mind, um, of the beginnings of the other X-Men movies, then you're not paying attention yeah. because this was Holocaust piles of bodies. Just, uh, Oh yeah. It was really rough imagery. Um, and that see, they're so good at stuff like that across different writers and different directors. They're still able to be consistent in, in that way and call do callbacks and stuff. But I didn't hate it. It just, I was, I spent a lot of time not knowing who the fuck the people on the screen were, which bugged me. So. I, how am I supposed to care that these people are dead or understand how hard it is to kill them if I don't know who they are? It's fair. Especially in the beginning, you're like, I don't know, who is that? Mercury Man? I have no idea. They don't say each other's names or anything. He, for all I know, he's like weak sauce hero or he's the most powerful uh, mutant that's ever lived. And this robot's crushing him with like zero effort. And I should be uh, impressed, but I, I do not have the ability to be impressed. I know nothing. That's fair. Some of this uh, you should have gathered from watching the previous movies, but to be I don't fair, know how we're at a point where there have been almost as many X-Men movies as there have been MCU movies. Like when you throw in the two Wolverines and the new cast and the old cast, there's a lot of of movies here to be remembering. Um, where where was the Silver Surfer Mercury guy in the other Col movie? Colossus. We saw him uh, when they raided the X Mansion. Colossus and Kitty Pride helped the kids get out. Remember, there was the wall. Didn't of he look more like a mechanical man. He did look a little bit. And this guy looked like Mercury. Yes. They're, they're, if the graphics aren't... I'm sorry. The graphics are a little bit better, but also as these guys get older, their powers develop. 
Yes, but you cannot expect me, a non-comic book reader, and it's allegedly been years since I watched the last X-Men movie, to remember that that's definitely Colossus, even though he looks like Silver Surfer, um, and he's got different graphics now, and he looks completely different. What? I know everybody's memory's not as bad as mine, but shit. Yeah. I didn't even recognize Elliot Page. I was like, I think that might be Elliot Page, but then I wasn't completely sure. And then I, I didn't actually know, no, until Kitty Pride started talking. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's the right face. Yeah, I mean, you were supposed to know as soon as she started bouncing through walls holding people. Yes, except there was so much going on on the screen that I didn't see Kitty go through any walls because I was too busy even know what part you're talking about for all i know those were doors she was running through there were robots there was like flame i was i was marveling at the these robots are able to uh have like every one of the mutant powers that they've encountered yeah so if you ice them they turn into lava and if you lava them they ice up and their heads open up like uh stephen king's pennywise and they got deadlights in there. And I was sitting there going, oh, the deadlights. And then other shit was happening. It just. <laughs> Squirrel. I didn't see any running through walls. Okay. Well, those... does, she, does she have the ability to make somebody else? Go if she's walls? touching somebody, then she can make them intangible. Okay. See, I didn't know that. One time. You know why I don't know that? Because not one time have we ever focused on Kenny Pride and actually explained any of her um, powers. I've just seen her uh, slip through the bed and the floor to escape something. That's all I've seen so far. One time, she's in a giant bullet that's big enough to kill the planet. Oh, for fuck's sake. In the comic. In the comics. And she makes the entire bullet intangible so that it passes through the planet and doesn't kill us all. How did she get into inside a solid bullet? Let's, that is a whole week's worth of podcasts. <clears throat> yeah. Oh, it's no wonder. But then they don't save her and she goes off into space and she's she's gone in the comics for a long time. Yeah. How does she breathe? In space, inside a solid bullet. There was a compartment for her. She was put in there specifically so that she would be part of killing the planet. Well, by someone who didn't fucking understand her powers? Or didn't think that she was powerful enough to make the entire bullet intangible? Why are the bad guys always so fucking stupid? I don't know. So we're ready to dive in then. Oh, sure. Great hot takes. Uh, listen. <laughs> that's what we're here for. <laughs> I, You know, I would be much happier if the whole podcast was just hot takes and talking trash about the movie instead of doing the run through but you got to do your run through i whatever so we got uh like 18 different openers this uh this movie everybody put their stamp on this film yeah listen i uh, it, you know it's difficult to to keep hold of the story when all this stuff is going on around you you get the the opener, and then they go into all these people I don't know, and then yeah, it's oh, it's a pain in the ass. Go ahead, I'm gonna I'm not gonna interrupt you anymore. Sure you are. 
That's what you get paid for. <laughs> uh, so we open on a voiceover from Xavier talking about the future. Uh, you said this reminded you of the the, the World War II uh, yeah. concentration camp roundups. Yeah. Yes, and I got some serious Terminator vibes, right? Like post-apocalyptic. Oh, yeah. yeah. The machines have taken over. Humans are getting rounded up, although not humans. Oh, mutants. they were. It was extremely important that yeah. you know that according to the bad guys, mutants aren't even human. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> here's another inconsistency. They're all, you know, when ho- Homo sapien sapiens show up, they never say the second sapien for some reason. Uh, then, um, what do you say? Homo erectus? I don't even remember which one he said. When the Homo sapiens showed up. I think he said Neanderthal. Homo Neanderthalus. Okay, sure. Um, when Homo sapiens sapiens showed up, the uh, Neanderthals didn't think they were a threat. And then all the humans killed all the Neanderthals. And well, we know that that's not true because I have Neanderthal DNA and you have Neanderthal DNA. And the only way that Neanderthal DNA got into our blood how many generations later is because our ancestors fucked the shit out of those hot monkey guys. <laughs> um, they did not war. And I mean, it's easy to see why everyone would just assume that that's what happened because we are extremely warlike. We like to murder. Yeah. But in this case, it was uh, it was a love match all over the place. And so if everybody just love matched with the uh, mutants, it'd be all cool. Yeah. But but they're. But that's not how hate and fear works. No. Uh, the, oh my God! This movie leaned on the the hate and the fear. Ironic that Peter Dinklage is the one othering people. Yeah. I love it because not once did they mention his height in this entire movie. Not a single time. They didn't even like make concessions for it. No, didn't seem like it. Yeah, not like I always kind of watch out for it because um, it bugs me. Because for a long time, uh, little people were like fantasy characters and he's the first person I really, I could be wrong. Somebody correct me if I am wrong, but he's the first person that I know just played a part that had nothing to do with um, him uh, being a, a dwarf or a little person or whatever he prefers to be referred to. But um Yeah. And not a single mention. I was paying attention too because mm-hmm. I kind of it was it was ironic that he was the one othering, yeah. or maybe he's the schoolyard bully that's othering so that nobody's looking at him. I don't know. Yeah, Boulevard Trask in the comics is one uh, of. I believe you said his name wrong. Boulevard Trask. Okay, I'm not hearing you right. That's fine. Because it sounds like you're saying Boulevard. No D. Boulevard Trask in the comics is one of the most evil humans to human. Okay, so in the comic, is he uh, four foot two no, or is he he's, five foot nine? No, he's a he's an average height 
generic white guy. Well, okay. Yeah. Good deal. Just evil as hell. Henry Gyrick is probably the only person, the only human, and I don't we we won't ever, I don't think we ever meet him, but probably the only human in the comics that is worse to mutants. Yeah. So that got derailed. So sorry. No, no, no. It's fine. It's what we get paid for. Charles Xavier is talking about uh, is the the future slash his present set in stone. Uh, so then we jump to Moscow, still in the future. Uh, Sentinels uh, are attacking our team of heroes. Now, this team of heroes consists of a lot of people uh, we haven't met yet. Mm-hmm. Iceman is there. We know Bobby Drake. We're familiar with him. Yeah. Colossus is there. We should be familiar with him, but you don't. You didn't recognize I, the graph. I, I didn't remember Kitty Pride is there. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk about the time travel powers here in a second. I would not have known that was Kitty Pride if you didn't talk about her all the time because I had no idea she even had that power. Okay. Okay. Warpath was there. Warpath is the brother of the first X Man to die. Okay. Um,. Both Native American, both very borderline racist power sets. What do you mean? Uh, they're really good at tracking and communing with nature. Oof. Uh, um, also very warlike and stubborn, and they're just... Mm. That... that- we'll, that seems right on the button of of racist. Yeah. That's those are stereotypes. But he was brought in at the same time when the with the relaunch of the X Men at the same time Storm, and Nightcrawler and Colossus all came in. Uh, Wolverine, the the all different all new X Men. They were trying to be inclusive, but it was s- still of its time. Yeah. Um. Also here is Bishop. Bishop is a time traveler. Um, is he? Yes. He comes from a different alternate future. The the M marking on his face, all mutants are branded with an M. Yeah, well, they showed that already in the beginning of the movie. Yeah. Um, so I didn't... I, I have no evidence. I, I don't that, know that that's what they're doing here. They might have just made him from this time. But Bishop grew up as part of a mutant police force. The Xavier, the XSE, they changed what it stood for a couple of times throughout the comics, but he was a mutant cop. Okay. Bad things happen. He comes back to save the X-Men. Funny enough, he thinks Gambit is the traitor, and it turns out to be Xavier. And uh, Blink who I adore. She has the ability to create teleportation portals. She shows up during the Age of Apocalypse and blinks her way into the 616. And uh, she ends up getting pulled out of time and being part of this comic I really enjoyed called The Exiles, where they take a team out of, they pluck them out uh, and tell them that they have to accomplish missions to set the timelines right. Right. 
mm-hmm. in order to go back to their time. And so they take like sometimes one for a little while, Sabretooth is on the team for a little while. Uh, they, they take different people from all over different failed universes and strings. And so you get a consistently rotating team of different heroes and it's a really fun comic. It's interesting. Yeah. Sounds kind of like sliders. Yeah. A little bit like sliders. Uh, and then the, the rabbit hole gets really deep and it's, Interesting. It's really interesting. I enjoyed it. And Blink is a fun character. Okay. Uh, anyway, uh, they're getting their ass handed to them. Yeah. Those Sentinels, um, they weren't quite Nimrod quality Sentinels. Some people will know what I mean, but they were bad. Okay. Um, being bad as in good? Like bad as in they were trash and shit, right? Yeah. Um, like they you were talking look about. look unstoppable. They did look very unstoppable. But but they're... Okay, here's where I have a problem. Well, I mean, I have a problem with the whole idea of taking out anybody that's a mutant. Because, I mean, what qualifies as a mutation? Because I have webbed feet. Like... Specifically, they're looking for the X gene. Okay, so in the movie, and they said it real quick and didn't really focus on it, but these machines are taking out future parents of uh, mutants and future grandparents. Yeah. So people who are going to have uh, average children whose, chil- whose children are going to be mutants. Yeah. First of all, that's not how genetics works. You either have the X gene or you don't. Maybe you have the X gene and it's dormant and you mm-hmm. can pass it to your kids. But there's no, you just, you don't have to say it that way. Just anyone with an X gene gets taken out. And human and non-X gene carrying collaborators. Which you can't, um, you can't determine who that is with your little vibrator. <laughs> these um, i mean this is just a a a world where the purity of the human race is sacrosanct sure but i don't think um what is his character name peter dinklage's character name boulevard trask trask i don't think that it occurred to him to even wonder how many mutants there were for all he knows, he's the only person that's not a mutant. <laughs> I mean, and then, oh, I, this, um, it just, the whole thing makes me feel murderous. Yeah. It really does. That This movie pushes several buttons. Yeah, so Kitty uh, takes Bishop through through a few walls and gets into a little alcove. A little alcove and starts like electrifying his brain. Now, this is not a Kitty Pride power set. I at first thought she was keeping him alive. Yeah. Um, it was again, not really understanding what's going on here makes it hard to watch the movie. I almost didn't because this is not what Kitty Pride can do. Well, it it's not okay. So secondary uh, mutations, uh, 
which happen as mutants exert their powers more and, and live longer. They're usually complementary and, and kind of uh, work with the primary mutation. Yeah. Uh, but this has this is not even close to anything Kitty Pride can do. However, it's also a basically useless power. Being able to project somebody back in time into their own body. Yeah. Eh, not be- useless. Be- um, because. Because you can only go as far back as that person's alive. Sure. And the farther back you go, the the more it hurts them, whatever. Here's the thing. What were they going to... Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So Kitty Pride is the person that they send back in the comics yeah. during the Days of Future Past comics. She's the one that makes the jump. It's really cool because she's one of the last X-Men alive in the future. And when she comes back, she's just a tiny kid. Nobody fucking believes her. And it takes a while for her to get them on her side to start changing things. Well, yeah, because it's, what, 1970-something, and yeah. she's a little girl. Yeah, she, yeah, absolutely. Uh, however, the person, I think I mentioned this when we were talking about this movie coming up, the person that sends her back in time is a child of Scott and Jean from an alternate dimension that got sent back. Uh, well, they didn't have they didn't have time for all that. They much. didn't have time to set all that up. So either invent a whole new mutant or yeah. take one we know and give her powers she doesn't have. Right? That's that's their two options. And I love Kitty Pride, so well, run with it. Why didn't they have Kitty Pride be the one to go back in time? The other side of that is they're going back 50 years. Yeah. In the Days of Future Past, it was only like 20 years in the comics. Well, they didn't have to make it 1970-whatever. They Yes, they did, because it has to line up with the, uh, the first class X-Men. Oh, well, fair. That's true. I mean, I guess it, it didn't have to, but it, it was convenient. Yeah. I mean, it had to. That's how you get the cast of both the movies and make all of the Fox universe make sense. Sure, whatever. Was that movie supposed to be fixing problems? That movie tied all of them together, yes. And some of the things that were like, uh, how did that quite – I don't understand quite how that happened. Some of those things got erased when they fixed the timeline, so it doesn't even matter. Oh, it still matters. (laughs) Um, but yeah, so she zaps, uh, Bishop's brain and sends him back to before the Sentinels attack them so that they aren't there. So the Sentinels don't attack them so that they're all still alive. Yes, but it's very important that, you know, uh, when they, she sends Wolverine back in time, none of the changes will happen until after he comes back for some reason. Yeah, so while the person is in both places, Mm -hmm. the tunnel is open and the changes don't affect the future. Uh Uh-huh. You know where I'm going with this later. Yes. Uh, Yeah. But the rule 
must be established because otherwise the first time they change something in the past, the future would change and then they wouldn't be there to be sending them back in the. Yeah. It creates. They're not changing the future. What they're actually doing is branching off and doing a new timeline that they don't have to be. Absolutely. They don't have to be a part of the other one anymore. Yeah. They're fixing their own circumstances and fuck other thems. <laughs> um, so then we get Storm and Wolverine getting off the Blackbird. I'm pretty sure this is Windigore Mountain. Uh, you have no idea what that is, nope. but prominently featured in the either. comics. No. Uh, Magneto's with them. Nobody's dead. Everybody's happy. Uh, uh, and I'm just like, oh, hi, Magneto, the guy who was the enemy in the last movie. We just hanging now? We've always said that Magneto was a complex villain. Yes, but our good guys aren't complex good guys. Okay. In the event that my race is being hunted to extinction, uh-huh. I am going to make friends with old enemies if they can help me stay alive. I would not. Well, then you would die. No, I would not. And I would mourn you. <laughs> I would not die. I'm not. Y- you can't be in one movie running around trying to get this guy and put him in jail. And then in the very next movie, just because people are shooting at both of you does not mean you guys have to be friends now. The enemy of my enemy helps me kill my motherfucking enemy. <laughs> but that's not how that works. He was trying to kill them. And now he's not. You do. Let's solve the immediate problem, then we can go back to hating each other. Well, you... Okay, look. And here's the thing. I'm usually on Magneto's side here because his logic makes sense. Oh, yeah. Except in this movie... He took all of my defense of him and shat on it. Oh, really? Because I'm, will- I'm, I'm going to be a Magneto defender. Uh, Magneto was going to kill we'll Raven. Get we'll get there. Well, hurry up! So we find out that the Sentinel program was started by Boulevard Trask, and Mystique assassinated him which caused a giant boost to the Sentinel program. And Xavier thinks that if they stop Mystique, it will stop the ascension of the Sentinels. Well, because because the important part here being because she killed him, they grabbed her. Yes. And then they took her blood and figured out how she changed. Yeah. So her blood combined with a renewed belief that mutants are threats. Uh, accelerated the program. Yeah. Yes. Um, so what they're going to do is they, they're going to send somebody back to stop her from doing the assassination. Um, the only person they have that can survive going that far back is Wolverine, which is convenient because Wolverine is like the cornerstone that all of the X movies <sighs> Yeah. Uh, rotate on and he wasn't really in first class so they had to find a way to get him there yeah uh, another interesting tidbit the days of future past assassination was not Boulevard Trask getting assassinated 
but rather that senator that turned into ooze in the first movie. The senator that turned into Remember the senator that yes, was... Yes, I was try- I'm trying to remember the actor. I can't remember who that was. It's all right. Just fun facts. Okay. Um, they launch Wolverine back, and he wakes up next to a girl I didn't recognize listening to Roberta Flack. Yeah, well, you weren't weren't supposed to recognize her because she was just, he's working for some, what, mob guy? I guess so. Why in the world would you get a dude that looks like Wolverine to protect your daughter? I mean, because he can? Because your daughter's going to climb him like a fucking tree? (laughs) More like a shrub. He's a short dude. He's not that short. Wolverine is very short in comics. Well... We're watching the movie, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, so dudes show up, and they're like, you're supposed to be guarding the boss, not sleeping with the boss. Or Wolver- guarding the boss's daughter, not sleeping with her. And and Wolverine gets stupid for a second. He's like, what, I just got here 20 seconds ago. I didn't sleep with her. Past me slept with her. Dude, it doesn't matter. <laughs> that dick... Got you in trouble. This was to show us that the time travel has disoriented him. Oh, you mean he's not normally a dumbass? No. <laughs> oh, okay. He's the best there is at what he does. Um, sure. Chopping wood? And what he does is making the boss's daughter happy. Sure. And he tells them, like... I know how this ends. Either you're going to give me your keys or I'm going to hurt you and you're going to give me your keys. And then he ends up hurting them and puncturing the waterbed with his pre-adamantium claws. Which you knew was going to happen as soon as he, you knew, I thought he was going to do it sooner. Uh, Like when he got up, I thought the waterbed (laughs) was going to bust. But as soon as you saw the waterbed, you know that was going to happen. They had to put that little funny in there. Uh, so he steals the goon's car, and we cut to Trask trying to convince the Senate to give him money for the Sentinel program. And the Senate thinks he's out of his damn mind. Yeah, well, yeah. Because we're talking about 1% of 1% of 1% of the population. He was saying 10, but sure. Oh. But, Either way, but, yeah, not enough of, of them to be a spending, spending billions of dollars on robots... Not to now. I mean, on the off chance some might go bad and they can't be controlled by anybody but uh, a sentinel. I mean, it, it makes sense if that's just where you're going. Yeah. Um, because they don't have superheroes, right? So yeah. if if Magneto shows up and starts murdering everyone. They have no way of saving themselves. This is fair. So the robots make sense on the surface. It's when he starts talking about taking out all mutants, period. That's, I mean, that's just batshit crazy right off the top. Like genocide. I can, a war I, crime. And not only that, but they're fucking human. Yeah. He keeps calling them it. Yeah. Several times in the movie. I, refers to Mystique as it. Ooh, that just, it, it enrages me. Yeah. Mm. Smack the shit out of him. I, I don't like that character. 
Not at all. I mean, there are lots of things I'd like to say to that guy. Yeah. So we jumped to Vietnam. Woo! And a colonel wants to visit the uh, soldiers that are mutants that have been rounded up uh, before they get shipped off. We're not going to talk about uh, inconsistencies with reality here. Yeah, like some of those guys probably wouldn't have passed the map station. No. But... Not unless they were being put in a mutant-specific unit. Yeah. Which wouldn't be a bad gosh-darned idea. But, so, this colonel comes in and is talking to them. One of them we should have recognized was Havoc. Sure. uh, From the first class movie. Uh, And then Major Stryker comes in and has... I got a problem. Yes. They said specifically they were going to 1973, right? That's the number I have in my head. Yes, 1973. Okay, so why were they talking about the war being over in Vietnam? When did it end? 75. Okay, well, they were still... They did. They talked about a peace treaty uh, later on in the movie. They were gathering up the Vietnamese and the Americans Yeah. for a peace conference. Yeah, They, they were supposed to be signing... A peace conference. They... they, they Dude was celebrating because they won the war. Maybe in this universe, we won the war more quickly. I don't know. That That is only going to get you so far. Okay. Ooh, it's a different universe. Come on. We had mutants on our side. We won the war more quickly. No. Uh, but so Major Stryker uh, it comes in. He's taking these mutants to Trask so that they can be studied. Uh-huh. That would totally happen. I, that actually kind of would. But it wouldn't be like gathering them up and making them prisoners and forcing them to go somewhere. They'd be like, hey, dude, you've got new orders. You've got to report to this place. Yeah. Can they make your place of duty a civilian uh, lab to get tested? I don't know. about. Well, okay. So when it comes to something like you're a mutant and you've got special powers. Yeah. They kind of bend the rules a little bit, but for a regular soldier, you can be assigned to a civilian company. They call it training with industry is one of the ways it happens. Yeah. But that's to work, not to get poked and prodded and stabbed. Yeah, Well, they would, they would use the same rules that apply to the training with industry, except you would be studied by industry. Yeah. But in either case, it wouldn't look like that. It no. would be. It would look much more innocuous, and people wouldn't know what the fuck they were in for until they got there. Yeah. Um, but Colonel Stryker, who we know is a giant fucking asshole mm-hmm. of the highest order, because uh, he's the one that uh, fucked Wolverine. He's yes. Quote caused him a lot of pain. Mm-hmm. Unquote. Um. So Colonel Stryker finds out uh, that the colonel is actually Mystique, uh, and he finds this out by getting his ass beat. Yeah, uh, I, I I'm a little uncomfortable here, um, because Mystique's favorite move is stand on one foot, put the other foot all the way up under someone's chin and choke them to death. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but she's naked. Yeah. 
And um, so her vagina, her vulva, the everything, all just exposed. Well, she also like covers herself strategically with scaly skin. Yeah, except that's her. Yeah. Covering her, right? Yeah. So if I cunt punted her, she'd fucking. Yeah, fair. Uh, she also the guy's choking to death, and it doesn't occur to him to kick her back. Maybe not. Maybe he's thinking, why is she choking me with her foot that she has put fingers on so she can squeeze even harder? <laughs> I swear to God, they did this just so that all of the guys watching the movie could be thinking about her vagina. Okay. They did it twice, yeah. at least twice. But there were lots of moments, like she choked a guy out with her thighs with his face in her crotch. Um, like every time she's fighting, she's scissoring people and uh, it may be just, just a, just a little bit uncomfortable Okay, because just from the perspective of trying to kick someone's ass, being that vulnerable is a bad idea. I don't think she's vulnerable. She is because if that guy had half a fucking brain, he could have tapped her in the crotch with his toe and she would have been done choking him. She doesn't seem very vulnerable. Well, it's because men are idiots. Yeah. I'm just saying, it was just yuck. Yeah, I didn't like it. So she gets the mutant soldiers onto a plane, sends them home, and sticks around. Then we cut to... The yeah, but now they're AWOL. Now they're double fucked. Yeah, well, deserters even. But uh, better than being science experiments, I yeah. guess. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not arguing that. Uh, Wolverine goes to the X Mansion, which is decrepit. The the welcome to the school is on the ground. It's unkempt. It's not decrepit. It's okay. unkempt. Uh, old Hank answers the door and tries to tell him. Actually, it's young Hank. Fair enough. Not to interrupt you again. Our buddy Hank answers the door and uh, tries to tell him to bugger off, but Wolverine barges in. It took him a second, though. <laughs> and for some reason punches Hank in the face and goes looking for Xavier. Well, because Hank was getting in his damn way. He didn't and, have time for this mess. And then Hank proceeds to toss him around like a ragdoll. Yeah. Well, I mean, Wolverine is a I've got to get this done, get out of my way kind of guy. Yeah. And he also has no idea how much time he's got. Yeah, that's fair. Because she is this whole time he's fucking around. She is holding him. In the pl- in this place. Yeah. Which is crazy if you think about it. Because this all happens to, has to happen in one fucking day. Or Chick is going to pass out. Sure. Kitty is going to pass out back there. But So he doesn't have a lot of time. He No fucking around. We got to get this done. Yeah. And it takes him way too fucking long to talk these people into believing him. I mean, like, we live in a world with mutants, guys. Can you just take my word for it? <laughs> Wolverine finally gets to Xavier. Uh, he's almost got him convinced of the, the story and what needs to happen. And then he mentions Magneto. And this is where Xavier says, oh, now I remember you. I'm going to tell you what you told me. Fuck off. <laughs> That's the one line I remember from that movie. And then we find out why Xavier doesn't have powers uh, and why he's able to walk around. Because 
Hank has made him a cocktail that gives him the ability to walk, but strips him of his telepathy. Uh-huh. Because that's how DNA works. Yeah. And if he can walk with this serum, then he should be able to walk. Yeah, there was this one part, there was one time in the comics where they restored his ability to walk, but it was so painful that he had to use all of his mind power to block out the pain. And so he couldn't. Well, that would be believable. Yeah. But this serum that blocks your, um, your powers somehow. Also makes your spine work. Well, it, it's dumb as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. We'll just hand wave that. Sure. I mean, while we're already doing it. (laughs) We find out that Magneto is in a prison cell below the Pentagon. Well below the Pentagon. Under suspicion of being the one who assassinated JFK. Yeah. Sure. Until we find out he's not actually under suspicion of being the one to kill JFK. Uh, He was actually trying to save JFK. Yeah. He later says that JFK was a mutant. He was trying to save him. Well, and I, I kind of enjoyed that because, you know, JFK was sick. He was he was fairly ill. Um, so there were a lot of times that he he was kind of out of commission. But if he was a mutant, it would it would make sense. They would make up that story so that if he couldn't be around, it, it was you know. Yeah, he wasn't out of commission. He was off superheroing. Yeah. Yeah, and he totally wasn't having sex with <laughs> Marilyn Monroe. He was. He was trying to start up an X-Men team with the mob. Uh, so Mystique sneaks into Trask's office by being him. So she doesn't really sneak. She proudly she, walks in. Yeah, I mean, she spies in. This is this is what Mystique does. She is the world's greatest spy. Boom. Yeah, but you knew uh, that it wasn't him because he looked at the secretary and said, ooh, is that a new scarf? And told her how pretty it was. Yeah. Uh, so you're like... Uh, yeah, that's that's not him. Yeah, and we all know that Trask is a guy who uh, just barely values women above the non-human mutants in his scheme of things. Do we know that? Oh, yeah, he's, that's, he's that kind of guy. As soon as all the mutants are taken care of, he's going to go around to making sure that women stop working and get back in the kitchen like they're supposed to be. Mm. That's this kind of guy. Sounds like a fun dude. Sounds like somebody that needs to get kicked in the nets. Yeah. But Mystique finds the autopsy files in Trash's office, and uh, among the dead people are people we knew from the first class movie, uh, Azazel, Nightcrawler's brother, and Angel, the, the girl with the wings. Yeah, and... You didn't remember Angel so much, but we saw Angel in that club. She had the the silvery wings, and she was a dancer. Yeah, I remember her. Okay. Uh, She was the one I was getting mixed up with the the boy mutant with the wings. Who was also named Angel. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, no, I remembered her. I just, when the wings popped up, I didn't know that those were hers. Yep, so Wolverine's got a buddy who he thinks can help get Magneto out. And so they go to his house, the buddy's house, not Wolverine's house. Mm-hmm. Um, and this buddy is um, Evan Peters. Evan Peters, 
who they called Peter instead of Pietro, uh, and is Quicksilver. And also does not have a twin sister anywhere to be seen. Does not appear to have a twin sister anywhere to be seen. That's not annoying or inconsistent at all. It's a little bothersome to me in my brain. Mm-hmm. Especially since the last movie we watched had both of them in it at the end, and one of them was not Evan Peters. No. And the other one wasn't Evan Peters either. <laughs> this is fair. <laughs> there was no Evan Peters in that. Yeah. Why did they change actors? Because that's a different universe. No. Yes. I don't like it. What do you mean? It's, it's not. Yes, huh? We saw Wanda and Quicksilver uh-huh. in the MCU. Oh, my God. This is not the MCU. Why are we watching movies that aren't MCU? Because eventually they will all be part of the Marvel multiverse. I don't like that. I'm sorry. They've fucked up and are now trying to fix it. But in the meantime, they are fucking it up. But we're here to help. Why didn't they just get the same actor? Because they're competing companies. Why would you let competing companies make your movies? Because you like money. Well, and isn't that essentially the problem with Marvel? That is a problem that is being fixed. Mm-hmm. Sure. Meanwhile, we have two Quicksilvers. Uh-huh. Don't like it, but okay. Okay. This Quicksilver is a Smarty Pants. Actually, that's pretty consistent with the comic book Quicksilver, because the comic book Quicksilver was uh, a smart-ass, arrogant, hard-to-like character. Well, I mean... And he was always snippy. But he explained it, like... You know how you're waiting in line at the bank and the guy in front of you takes 45 minutes to fill out a check and you get really annoyed and you're like, just just hurry up. Mm-hmm. You're like That's how I live every single moment of my life. I can I can empathize with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they sneak into the um, they sneak into the Pentagon. Hey. Via um, tours. Do they do tours of the Pentagon? Sure, why not? Because it's a giant military building. It's also a piece of American history. I'm sure that yeah, you, you can, can like look at it from the outside, man. Sure. Uh, also, it's a bunch of office buildings, so like, really, who cares? But whatever. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, all you need, what you need to do to tour the Pentagon is look at it from one side because it is impossibly fucking huge. She says the numbers in the movie, but unless you've stood there, I mean, I've always thought, because you always see it from the sky on, on TV or in the movies. I didn't think it was that big. So when we were actually there driving past it, you could only see one side of the fucking wall. So it looked like a square building. Mm. That's how fucking huge it is. Would she say it was? I don't remember what the numbers were, but it, it's impossibly fucking huge. But again, nothing to look at on the inside. You do a helicopter tour, yeah, and they tell you all the stats in the helicopter. So while they're breaking in, Hank gets Sanford and Sons to play on the. Bum, 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 bum. 
Mumble, on the bump, security bump, cameras. Bump. <laughs> um, and Pietro uses, or Peter, I'm sorry, uses his uses his super speed to uh, get into really just the the clever tricks of his speed are hard to describe. This is really a scene that is is more visual than. Oh, him narrable. running past all the. Yeah, him getting through and, and playing tricks with them, and it's just really cool. I visually, it was it, it was his whole part of the movie was spectacular, yeah. uh, and hilarious. I like I like all of the uh, setting somebody up to punch themselves in the face, and since he's moving them so fast, there's a lot of force behind it. Yeah, like so that guy didn't actually punch himself with his strength; he punched himself with the force that Peter put into it. Yeah. Yeah, so he he shatters the the glass. Oh, that was super cool too. The by vibrating um, and gets Magneto out. Yes, but Magneto was looking up the whole time because he's an idiot. Yeah, and they they save. Um, he uses that that bullet time scene that you were just describing, where he's running around and snatching hats and playing pranks and moving really bullets. Good. Um, he also, uh, he says to Magneto, and I laughed out loud at this. It's like, they say you can control metal. My mom used to know a guy that could do that. And that's funny because that's his dad. That is, yes. Magneto, on again, off again throughout the, the time, but most frequently, Magneto is the father of Wanda and Pietro Maximoff. Which we don't even get the guy's last name and Quicksilver's last name. Yeah, we do. Did we? Yeah, it was written on the um, mailbox in front of the house. Oh, did it say Maximoff? Yeah, and then they called the mom Mrs. Maximoff. Oh, okay. Well, look who's not paying attention now. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! One point, Stacy. See, don't start keeping track now because I got plenty of points. You haven't been counting. <laughs> Um, yeah, so on the plane to Paris, Magneto confronts Xavier about, uh, giving up. And How long do you suppose poor Kitty Pride is, is holding Magneto, uh, holding, uh, Wolverine's head in the future? Do you think there's a time differential? So. Because they're flying to Paris, they're back at DC, they're, you know, they're in New York, days go by so he's like sleeping in the past and she's still holding him while he's sleeping we're not supposed to think of that oh are we not supposed to think of that that's stupid maybe while he's sleeping she can press fast forward that is stupid i yeah i don't know this isn't how the power works in the comics yeah listen this is all i was thinking about the whole movie Every like they were doing stuff, and I'd be thinking about poor Kitty Pride holding his head back there. Yeah, <sighs> yeah, it's it's terrible. They sh- it, that's not how they should have done that. Yeah, when he's reading a magazine, she's she's like watching. Right? Is she even watching? I don't know. I don't know how the, this is not how this is not the power. I don't know how it works. Yeah, well, they didn't explain any of it, so yeah, um, because. Too much thought put towards this particular ability makes it fall apart. 
No, because all they had to, since they're making it up, all they had to do was just send Wolverine into the past in his own body. His old guy body. Yeah, but then they wouldn't have been able to keep jumping to the future and showing us that the future X-Men are at threat. I don't give a shit about the future X-Men. We know they're in... We know that, but it's time travel. So if you're in the past, the future isn't happening. You don't need to be currently worried about the future because it's not happening yet. Yeah, but... they. Unless you're going to make up rules about time in the past equals time in the future, uh, then it doesn't matter. They did. They needed to sit down and think it through and make up a completely new ability that made fucking sense. That didn't cause stupid problems like well, is she peeing in her pants? One of the she's holding his head for days on end with no food and. There has to be a time differential because they were like, oh, those guys are going to catch us in no time. Uh, but it's days for Wolverine. Yeah. Or I'm just not supposed to remember that, you know, Paris is a really long plane ride away from New York. Exactly. It's stupid. You aren't supposed to think of that. What you're but supposed to think of. That's why this is a movie made for men. What you're supposed to think of is that in the future, they are in peril and so wolverine in the past is to hurry up but we also we want to see all of the actors from the old movies because we love them yes well all of that was completely unnecessary and this would have been a much better movie if they had thought it through a little bit before they started writing it down yeah maybe a little bit i liked it Mm -hmm. of course you did it was written for you so, uh, Mystique picks up uh, a Vietnamese soldier in a bar by uh, being able to speak his language and being hot. He's a general. He's, sure. He's a very big wig. Yeah. He's at the, the armistice meeting, so yeah. he's got to be reasonably important, which means he also has to have been like taught how uh, how spies work. And how they send pretty chicks to pick you up at a bar to, like, gain access to you and your information. Here's the thing. He has a penis. And as soon as a penis sees a hot chick, it stops thinking. I feel like that's completely accurate. Okay. Besides, he's Vietnamese. You don't know what they teach their soldiers. Yeah, so this is where Magneto tries to get Xavier to play chess and tells him that the president was a mutant. He was trying to save him. And they make up. Mm-hmm. Uh, turns out Vietnam is over, and Trask is meeting the two armies uh, to pitch how evil mutants are again. And this dude's got access to everybody. Yeah, except I'm not sure why he's... Well, not the two armies. Those were all just the Vietnamese people. Oh, I thought there were Americans in that room, too. I don't. I don't think so. He was trying to get a different government to, to pay attention to him, because you wouldn't just go like he's talked to Congress. He's done with the American government. They're not going to listen to him. Okay. So now he's talking to the Vietnamese people. I thought I saw Americans. In there the- might have been one or two Americans in there. I don't know, but um, anyway, his uh, his mutant detector uh, starts going off. 
Yeah, and he's so fucking prejudiced that he doesn't even maintain the respect due all the people in the room. No. He's just like, oh, we're going to shoot you now. Because you're a mutant. What the fuck? Yeah. But he doesn't say, no, we're going to shoot you now. He says, no, don't shoot it. It. Yeah. Yeah. Because he's decided that's that's uh, Raven. No, I don't know that he had. Not until she revealed herself. Uh, I don't think he had any reason, any encounter with Mystique before she revealed herself. He just wants all, he wants to round up all the mutants he can get his hands on so he can study them. Yeah. So he can learn how to kill them better. Because he is a vile, evil, I mean, disgusting I mean, fucking except for the fact that, you know, like, all the people in the room were scrambling away from that guy and he's, fuck, for all I know, he's the president of Vietnam or whatever. Yeah. You know? Like the fear mongering, I it, it didn't take much. Nope. They were all crawling up the walls to get away from him. Yeah. Um, but it is Mystique, and she changes into her native form. And just as the, they're about to start shooting at each other, Magneto shows up. Uh, Magneto and the X Men show up, and they have a little stalemate. Until Magneto decides that the only way to stop the humans from getting Mystique's DNA is to kill her. Yeah. Totally genius move here. It's cold. It is. How about instead of shooting her right there and leaving her dead body there for them to take her blood and DNA? He wasn't going to leave her body. Yes, but was he going to get some bleach and wash the floor? He was going to shoot her, spraying her DNA all over the room. Oh, that's fair. So you just snatch her up and run. Yeah. He probably should have moved her to a secondary location and then killed her. Or not killed her at all, just left. But while she's alive, the possibility of using her DNA still exists. And it is not a good decision. It's not the ethically sound decision, but... And it's dumb as fuck because literally any any mutant DNA that they can isolate and use for their machines is going to make those machines stronger. Maybe not as much as hers, but you'd have to take out all the mutants. Well, but they have set her DNA up in the the first class movie to be super special. Like... Maybe even her DNA is the key to all mutants. Whatever. Yeah. Whatever. Like, um, if she could mimic other other people's powers, I might have an easier time believing that. But she's she just mimics people's looks. Well, she does more than just their looks. She's able to mimic their... She's able to mimic them down to... Their uh, fingerprints? Yeah. Yes, but does she do their powers? No, she can't duplicate powers. So, like I said, if she was able to duplicate time believing, then maybe she it would be easier for me to believe then that she is the key to making the robots be able to do all those powers. <laughs> so, a couple of things happen all at once in this scene. Number one, uh, Mystique gets away but gets shot in the calf. Mm-hmm. Because he's a bad shot prompting Magneto to go after him and to, for Beast to go after Magneto. Yeah. 
She was literally right there. Yeah. Only a human between them, and all he got was her leg. Mystique is awesome. Okay. But at the same time, Wolverine sees Stryker and loses his cool. A little bit of PTSD there. Yeah. Which causes the the tenuous hold on him invading his own body to uh, to shake a little bit. And back then Wolverine comes in and he's like, hey, what the fuck is going on? Which then begs the question, how mad would you be if future you jumped into past you's body and started doing shit you didn't give consent to? That is pretty bad. He's now fucked up his own life. He had a job. He had appointments. He had places to be, stuff yeah. to do. And and he's fucked it up. I, I mean, I know the world. The world is going to end. The Vietnam War to win with his brother? Oh, wait. Hold on. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. He's supposed to be in Vietnam. I mean, probably not in Vietnam the entire time the war was going on. That's why they fucked up the timeline. That's why they that's why they lied about um what year it was because they're guessing that no one's paying attention to what year the Vietnam War actually ended. So they can say 1973 to be consistent with the last movie. But then say the war's ended, so that's why Wolverine's not over there. Be- but that's bullshit because in 1973 he be- should be Striker pulls him out of a prison cell in Vietnam. To join Weapon X. Son of a bitch. And shouldn't he be in Canada? He goes back and forth. But, like, he was in the Canadian Army. Whatever. Either way, son of a bitch, I completely forgot. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Internally consistent, Jay. Internally consistent. How dare you? Well, they find another reason for Stryker to to snatch him up later, so it's okay. Oh, yeah, no, but... Not that part. Why wasn't he in Vietnam? Maybe he hadn't gone yet. Maybe he was on leave. He was on leave having a job in with the mafia? Sure, why not? Or what is it they call the mafia? The Magia. Yeah. BS. What the fuck? And also, um, why did we get more Naked Tookus in this movie than the movie I remember all the Naked Tookus from? I don't know. Is, am I am I jumbling these movies up in my head or something? Um, I don't know. I don't know. There was but, a, there was a, a very long uh, pause on on the tuchus and the very poppy veins. Um, but another key thing to note is in this struggle to regain his hold on past him, uh-huh. he stabs Kitty Pride. So now she's bleeding to death. He While really she's holding him in the You know past. what they need? You know those little caps they put on cat's claws? Yeah. He needs to super glue those onto his his little stabby stabs. So that he doesn't accidentally murder people anymore. Or he can sleep with like adamantium gloves on. Yeah, like chainmail, something. Yeah. Yeah. Perhaps we could think ahead. Uh, a guy who has PTSD and likes to sleep with women, maybe, maybe should think ahead. It's a little accidental murder here and there between friends. But uh, like him mourning all of the women he loves is half his personality. 
Um, so Magneto gets away from Beast. Mystique gets away from both of them. Um, but not the cameras. All of the cameras. Very JFK, wobbly, scary camera. Yeah. All of this gets captured by the news. There are more cameras in that crowd than there are when if you go to Walmart right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. It was an important event. Yeah, but like there were civilians out there with cameras and they were, I mean, it seemed a little bit extra. Uh, so Nixon gets debriefed. What did you think about their version of Nixon? He was Nixon enough for me to know it was Nixon. I mean, yeah. His voice sounded like he was trying to do George Bush, though. Maybe a little. It was a little. It was a little off for me. I mean, but but the prosthetic nose they put on that dude, because there's no way that was his real nose. <laughs> that, I mean, that was enough to let you know who he was supposed to be. Uh, and this debrief uh, could have gone several ways, but fortunately, uh, Trask was there to drum up the hate and fear. Oh, yeah. Um, and he tells Nixon that he's got some robots that can solve all of the problems. He's just going to need a lot of money. And he makes sure to throw Congress under the bus while he's doing it, which in the Nixon White House could have been a bad thing. Yeah. I, I like that they made that little stop the tape. Uh, yeah, off-the-record moment. Yeah. yeah, because uh, if this is 1973, then a year from this movie is when he would have been resigning. Did you catch what month it was supposed to be? No. No. Uh, Nixon resigns in August of the next year. Okay. Um, so it, it was a clever, just a half a second. A nod to the older peoples. Um, so Magneto is stitching himself up and watching the news. Tell me that wasn't annoying. Uh, I thought that was pretty cool, actually. How are you going to stitch yourself up if you can't see the owie? That man. Have you ever been cracked in the back of your head? It The he, pain he was radiates. Holding, he was not. Mirror. I don't know. He he's did not my, have a mirror. He's motherfucking Magneto. If you've ever been cracked in your head, you know that the pain radiates so much that you would not be able to pinpoint where the wound was unless you were touching it or looking at it. And it just bothered me is all. It's cool. Because also that shit would hurt like a motherfucker. It was cool. Sewing your own scalp up. Your scalp has got to be the worst place to sew. He used magnetism to turn off the pain receptors. Oh, shut up. <laughs> I'm, no. No, I'm not letting that go. Never in this world. Was he also, why did it look to me like he had a film canister dangling in midair and he was projecting it? Yeah. he. Where was the light coming from? He, he was holding up a light source and a piece of glass to make the film so he could read the microfilm while he's stitching himself up. Like we, what we are seeing is that he is in 100% total control of himself and everything around him. What's that song? I'm 100% in control. Of my, oh, uh, never mind. That's a TikTok song. Never mind. Um, a woman in total control of myself is is a witch. Get it? Woman in total control of herself. Okay. Witch. All right. Um, he realizes that he made a mistake and that some of uh, Mystique's blood is out there. 
oh, did he realize he made a mistake? Yeah. Did it just now occur to him that when you shoot a bitch, she bleeds? So he goes and finds to, to find Mystique, and she snatches him up and drags him into a phone booth where they have a. Should have fucking cut his dick off. Where they have a bit of an intimate moment. Okay, that's such a man thing. They did not have an intimate moment. They had a. No. They were in a phone booth. They had a moment where there wasn't a lot of space. That wasn't intimacy. Okay. Uh, and he says that killing one man isn't enough. Killing killing Trask isn't going to do it. Yeah, and she says that's always been your problem. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he is like the bad guy. Um. Then we go back to the X-Mansion. Because they're just flying all over the world in no time at all. Yeah. Well, D.C.'s not that far from New York. Yeah, but it is pretty far from Paris. Oh, yeah, that's right. They were in Paris. There's another day. Um, Wolverine talks Xavier into not taking the drug. Now, this is another example of Wolverine being very pro make your own fucking choices. Yeah. Because uh, Wolverine could have forced him to not take the drug and like he well, could have he could have physically oh, he made him physically made him not do it well, well yeah yeah that's not how you win friends and influence people yeah but i don't think even even given the choice i don't think wolverine would have forced xavier well and it's funny you bring that up because that's the difference between wolverine and professor x yeah uh, part of the reason Professor X has a hard time keeping a hold of his girl is because he is always telling her she has to do things. Yeah. Um. He's always he's always bossing her around and trying to make her bend his will. And she said, "Uh, no." And this sounds very familiar. Yeah. Uh, he, I make my own fucking decisions. You're not the boss of me. Let me show you how much you're not the boss of me. I'm leaving. But like we saw with Rogue when she wanted to uh when she wanted to get rid of her powers, Wolverine was like, It's your body, your choice, lady. Yeah. Well, because Wolverine's a better man than Professor X. Yeah. And you know and what really solidifies it, it he should be in charge of the school. And the reason I know that is because if you said Wolverine you should be in charge of the school, he'd be like, Whoa, I'm not qualified for that. Yeah. Which is precisely why he is qualified to do that. He does run the, the school for a while in the I comics. Know. I know. And he would be the better dude. I mean, because Professor X is all about making people do what he wants. And Wolverine is correct in thinking that people have the right to make their own goddamn decisions. Bolivar is really interested in uh, Mystique's DNA. Well, yeah. Because uh, it was... Um, even not attached to her, her blood was morphing into other stuff. He wants uh, more Ridiculous. to include a brain tissue sample. Yeah. I just wonder how much in 1973 is he learning from looking at her brain under a microscope? Because we still to this day don't know enough about the brain. I feel like looking at the brain under a microscope is not really telling him anything. Because correct me if I'm wrong. In order to understand how someone's brain works, you have to be watching it active, like in an MRI. Yeah, that'd probably be more useful. Um, but Bolivar thinks that the thing that is going to unify humanity 
is a common hate hate of others. Yes. Mutants, a common enemy that will bring everyone together in hate. Yeah. That's the note I made. Yeah, he's got this big speech that doesn't deserve to get any time. Um, and he's, I mean, he's, the, the sad thing is he's not wrong. Because if you give everyone someone to hate, they will come together. Yeah. Because humans are tribal like that. But we see where that ends up. So then we go back to Xavier. He's using Cerebro for the first time in decades or a decade. A decade, yeah. Uh, and it's too much for him. The dials start popping. I got uh, the impression that gets like, ready to give up. Cerebro was showing him what his emotions were focused on. Like he was upset. And so he saw a lot of pain so and arguing saw, yeah, and fighting. And murdery stuff and. I, that's probably there was people being told their people were dead, and that's probably not completely inaccurate. Like he, it it filters to his emotional state. Yeah, that's um, that's the impression I got. At the same time, there's also some of the if he's in control, he can block out the bad stuff more easily. Yeah. Um, but probably the explanation that the uh, comics writers would give you is that the hurt and pain and anger are the stronger emotions, so they're the first ones that come through. I don't. Well, that's that's a terrible way to look at the world. It is, but I don't agree. They might be louder, but they're yeah. not stronger. Yes. Well, you know what I mean. Yeah, I got you. But I, I feel like. From the decades of X-Men that I've read. Yeah, no, that's I'm, not, the saying we would I'm get. not saying you're wrong. I just don't like it. <laughs> um, I mean, I mean, because you could see the state, the emotional state he was in. He's clearly devastated about losing Raven. Yeah. Even though I wasn't getting romantic vibes from them. Oh, brother and sister vibes. But he kept making it like it was more than that. Yeah. In this movie. Which was odd. I mean, it's okay for a guy to care about someone he doesn't want to have sex with. I don't know why they they made it a little strangely sexual. Or not sexual romantic. He was playing it like it was a romantic loss. It was weird. I don't know. But uh, Professor X is not Generation X because it's too hard and he's going to quit. <laughs> when was... uh be a silent generation. He's not even a boomer, is he? It doesn't oh. matter. It was a funny joke. Yes, it's funny. Wolverine tries to tell him, don't quit. Uh, I know I'm not the guy who should be back here, but there's somebody you can talk to. And so they do this thing where Xavier goes through Wolverine's mind and the tunnels linking him to the future so that he can talk to himself and get a peps talk from himself. Because Xavier is so fucking arrogant that the only person that can make him feel better is him. Now, if he could do that, why couldn't he just talk to himself? If his brain power is that strong, why couldn't he just tap on his own shoulder? Um, the The whole weird going through Wolverine, but then being a almost corporeal in the future 
standing in front of himself, talking to himself, and interacting with himself. It was stupid. It was so stupid. Yeah. It- Why didn't they just... He didn't need a fucking pep talk. Just uh, what I thought they were going to do is Wolverine says, just look into the future. And then young Professor X looks into the future at what they had before everything went bad. He realizes what he can be. Yeah. And finds strength in that. That would have been so much more believable than this weird fucking... Yeah. Out-of-body experience he has is so beyond realistic. Honestly, if anybody's going to piggyback on the on the the link, it should have been Patrick Stewart piggybacking on the link and taking control of younger him. Huh? Yeah. And then just doing the shit that needed to get done. Seems but like. his mind wouldn't be strong enough to handle the trip. And yet it was. But it, no, it wasn't. Because it handled the trip the other way. Because he piggy pet. No, he didn't. He didn't physically go the other. Like his soul didn't go the other way. His mind Uh, went uh, the other way. We're, we're breaking down the. Well, this is why it's stupid. Because if you think about it, even for half a second, it falls apart. And they could have done it in a way. That it wouldn't have fallen apart. So why didn't they? I don't know why they had to have the visual of him talking to himself. I, you know why? Because this is where the uh, the writing, the writers become evident. Right? They wanted a scene wherein Patrick Stewart and fucking... Uh, Did that add anything to the story for you? No, it wasn't about adding to the story. It was about having a scene they could show on the screen where young Xavier and old Xavier are both on the screen at the same time. But my question is, did that add anything? It added to the the commerciality of it. Commerciality? I like that word. We're going with it. um, Sure. I don't know exactly what you mean. They did it for the memes. Yeah. Did memes even exist back in 2014? It was so long ago. Who knows? <laughs> Let's strap you to a table and send you back to find out. Let's not. Okay. So Magneto uh, attacks the train that's carrying the Sentinels so that he can <laughs> embed metal into the ceramic. Because he sentinels. is so powerful as a youngster that he can... Peel apart railroad ties like string cheese. Yes. And then make them pliable and weave them throughout this robot. Yes. And not only can he use them like little mannequins and make them walk and and move and fly and shit, but apparently he can hit buttons and turn on things and he can make them fly and he can make them shoot and Absolutamente. Yes, that's completely logical. Yep. So then Charles finds Raven and starts taking over people's brains to talk to her. This is right about when I'm like, is this movie over yet? Uh, It went on for ages. But he's again telling her what she has to do instead of like actually talking sense to her. 
So oh, she tells him like to fuck saying, off. Hey, uh, Wolverine here's from the future. And if you do this, this is the consequence. We need you to come in. Let's brainstorm and figure out how to get what you want and get what we want. Yeah. You mean like just that one sentence? That might have worked. Mm-hmm. Instead, she walks right through him. Mm-hmm. I mean, as you do. And this is where Hank McCoy posits that the future is unchangeable. You know what, Hank McCoy? You can shut the fuck up. I did not watch this whole fucking movie just for you to pop in and be like, oops, the future is obdurate. Yes. Somebody smack future Frasier. <laughs> past Frasier. Um, yeah, past Frasier. No, that doesn't work. The guy who will be Frasier. That's what I meant. The guy who will be Frasier. The past perfect participle of Frasier? <laughs> He's a will be. <laughs> uh, a time travel man. Uh, so Magneto kills a bunch of people to get his helmet back. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, meanwhile, in the future, because that sentence makes sense. <laughs> meanwhile, in the, meanwhile, in the future... Meanwhile, in the future, the Sentinels have found our heroes. Oh, no. I didn't see that coming. Nixon quotes Oppenheimer as he introduced the Sentinels to the world. <laughs> Op died. Wrong quote, man. Because <laughs> uh, that's a guy you want to model your life after. Well, Nixon, you know, the Quaker, real big on war, those guys. And in response, Magneto steals a stadium. <laughs> he just <laughs> took a Way too fucking long for for the reason why he stole the stadium to come up. <laughs> <laughs> He's just got the stadium floating in midair for fucking ages. I'm like, hey, hey, Jay, what are you? Why, why did he steal the stadium? <laughs> it's such a weird. It was so weird. He was already planning ahead. Yeah. To just why? Because it looked like a coliseum to him. It just, of all the things he could have done, that was just the most over the top ridiculous. And again, they're just trying to make it look cool for the movie. Well, and getting inside Magneto's head. That shit made a statement. Sure, I guess. Uh, He also. Uses the sentinels that he now can control because there's metal in them mm-hmm. to attack the humans. Because they made their, um, they made a big point of saying that they didn't have metal in them, even though there was no reason for them to specifically care to tell you that there was no metal in them because they didn't know about Magneto. A uh, Bolvar knew about Magneto because the Cuba Missile Crisis thing. Yeah, but he didn't. He there, there was no way for him to know. I mean, they had Magneto. In a metal-proof well, area. Yeah, it's fair. Magneto is big. I don't feel like he's the kind of guy. He's a civilian. I don't know why he would know any of that. So, in the confusion of the attack, uh, Mystique gets away from Xavier's mind hold on her. Uh, and she actually sneaks into the safe room with the president. Uh, Flash the future where we see a metric fuck ton of Sentinels dropping out of these carriers. Yeah. 
yeah, um, are they now building themselves? Because who's got the money to build all those? Yeah, sure. Um, are Skynet's taken over at this point, you think? Skynet has taken over, absolutely. The Master Mold is shitting out Sentinels uh, pretty rapidly. Like in the comic book, are they actually sentient? They have varying degrees of AI, yeah. Okay. So that's the only way that makes sense, because humans aren't going to be building more to kill more humans. Yeah. Now, there's they actually there's a giant sentinel shaped uh, factory, factory called the Mas- Master Mold, and they like just come out of him on conveyor belts. Okay then. There's also a period where they're more mechs and robot, and there's actually human pilots inside of them, and that was going to stop them from killing the wrong people, but. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, so, metric fuck ton of Sentinels. The futures, our heroes in the future are done. We get to see the exact same fight we already saw yep. and made not happen. Uh, but there was way more of the cool jumping through Blink's portals. And, I mean, it was a, it was a nice fight scene, as fight scenes go. It yeah, just, but it had no... It lost its... It had no power for me. Yeah. I don't care about any of those people. Well, and... and whatever happens is going to get erased, and we already know that. Yeah, because I've already seen it happen and get erased once. Yeah. So the... Yeah. Um... So Magneto yanks the safe room out of the White House, rips it open like a tin tears, can. Tears the freaking White House to pieces. Um, and then he turns the cameras on him and addresses the world. And he's like, look at this spectacle I have created. I'm just one mutant. Y'all done fucked around and you're about to find out. And why did he think that was the solution? Because his life has taught him that the only thing people really respond to is fear. You yeah, can talk but fear to, makes them build bigger bombs. But he is the bigger bomb. So if if there's going to be a war, Magneto is going to strike first and he's going to strike hard. Mm. Because he has learned that if you wait, they will eventually have the weapons to well, defeat you. Well, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But he's the reason why they were there. He is the reason why they got to this point in the first place. I don't understand why they went and got Magneto at all. What did he do for them? Nothing. I think that they thought the only way they were going to win Mystique over was to have Magneto at their side. Well, when dude showed up, she barely even looked at Magneto. Yeah. Clearly, they don't know her very well. Um. But we uh, we get a scene. So after Magneto threatens the world, uh, we get a moment where I'm like, oh, go Nixon, you got some testicles. Because Nixon walks out of the... I don't know why you fell for this. <laughs> Nixon walks out and, and basically puts his finger in Magneto's face and says, fuck you, bro. Yeah, but it's not Nixon. It, it's Mystique. Yeah. And she shoots Magneto in the neck. And, and she does it because she doesn't want to kill him. Yeah. But what? She wanted to get his attention. I guess so. Meanwhile, in the future. <laughs> you just really like saying that, don't you? The Sentinels get into uh, the hiding spot with Kitty and Xavier. 
Um, and they're, uh, they're in trouble. We are down to our last moments. Um, Xavier finally realizes he can't tell Mystique what to do and tells her, it's up to you. The fate of the world is in your hands. Mm -hmm. If you kill him, we have dark days ahead of us. If you let him live, then all will be okay. Well, I don't know why he thinks that's still true. Like, so much has happened. Um, it was only true if they waited and showed up and stopped her the first time. Yeah. That was when they needed to stop her. All this extra stuff has happened, and, and people are... Who knows what yeah, that's going to Yeah, Magneto has scared the piss out of everybody, and it's going to happen anyway at this point. Um, but she drops the gun, and then this is when... The future flashes to none of that ever happened. Mm -hmm. Empty room. Nobody's dead. Except. Even though Wolverine didn't wake up in the future. Wolverine is drowning. Yes. In the past. Yeah. And slices open um, Kitty Pride. Yeah. She's bleeding. She's going to die. Fucking. uh, He's. Everything goes back to. Uh, you know, happy, fun, fun future without him coming back from the past. Yeah. Uh, And I have a big problem with this because they very specifically told us that one rule. Yep. And then broke it. Xavier lets both Magneto and Mystique escape. And then Wolverine wakes up to Roberta Flack again. Except now his alarm clock is got a 3D hologram above it. Yeah, we don't even have that now. No. Rude. But the school's good. Everybody's fine. Mm-hmm. We see a lot of people that have been killed throughout the, all of the movies. Uh, Jean Grey's alive. Scott's alive. Yeah, well, because because they changed the past in 1973. So every single decision that was made after that is completely different now. Yeah, we've basically now eradicated the first three movies with well, the old yeah. cast. Because also, uh, Professor X saw Jean Grey dying yeah. and all that. Um, so he was able to prevent it. Yeah. So he knew it was coming. Yeah. So now everything's hunky-dory. None of the first three movies matter. Apparently. The two Wolverine movies don't matter. Why? Because they didn't really happen either. The second Wolverine, like maybe the Origins movie mattered, but the second movie, he goes to Japan after he's mourning the death of Jean Grey. So he's not in Canada mourning the death of Jean Grey. He didn't kill her. So most of that movie didn't happen either. Well, he get, but the the Japanese guy still saved him. He's still yeah, sure. That stuff all still happened. If they come get him to go to Japan, he probably brings like three or four friends with him. Maybe. I mean, and sure, it would have been different. Yeah. So the only thing, the only timeline for the X-Men that we know for sure happened are the first class and the parts of this movie that happened in the past. Mm -hmm. Everything else maybe happened. And that is how they clean up canon in the in in the yeah they just blow it all up they blow it all up and so with 
The Future Saved and History Rewritten, mm-hmm. we go to an after credit scene where we get a massive amount of people in the desert worshipping En Sabanor while sure. he builds the pyramids telepathically, <sighs> telekinetically. Sure. Why are they always trying to take away the agency of the ancient Egyptians? Oh, and there are four horsemen on a hilltop. Oh, I didn't see that part. Yeah. I was really annoyed that yet again someone's come up with another way that the pyramids were built that had nothing to do with ancient Egyptians. Yeah. Well. Because we couldn't possibly have had engineering skills skills back then. Yeah. So this is both exciting and disappointing at the same time. Oh, well, I was just left um, feeling empty. Apocalypse is one of my favorite X-Men bad guys. The guy that they were worshipping on the hill? Yes. He is the oldest mutant, although he says that he is as far beyond mutants as they are beyond humans. Well, of course he thinks that. Yes. He has a practically unlimited power set, some of which is augmented by technology. He That's cheating. is nearly immortal. He can change size and shape at will. Can I cut his head off? I No, you can't. You can't cut his head off? You can't, no. No, I mean, can his head be cut off? Potentially, but nobody's ever been able to do it. Because well, he's nearly he, invulnerable. But you can't say he's immortal then. This man... Okay, so we talked about once how Scott Summers had a kid that was infected with a virus, uh, a techno-organic virus that was going to kill him. Sure. And his other kid took him 10,000 years in the future. Yes. To save his life. Yeah. Apocalypse, who was alive during the Egyptian times, is running the world in that future. Okay. This is how how spanny he is. Like he is he is an eternal threat. Okay. They eventually in the comic books have to like eradicate him from the nexus of time in order to stop him from being a threat. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Okay. So, so they've given us this guy and, but I've never heard of him. So we're not getting him in a movie. Yes, we are. Are we? Yes. In what movie? X-Men colon apocalypse. Well, I've never even heard. Or maybe X-Men dash apocalypse. Stop it with the punctuation. I've never even heard of that. It wasn't very good. Great. I'm so excited. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. But it'll so. be it'll be the McAvoy X Men and not the Stewart X Men. Well, it doesn't really matter one way or the other. I like both of those guys. Yeah. I like Stewart better, but you know, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Well. Yeah. So, best part of the movie. Best part of the movie. What was the best part of the movie? (laughs) 
Okay, well, I mean, I'm going to take an easy out here because there was nothing besides Peter Dinklage, who is so good that I want to rip his face off. Yes. But also, um, his stature had nothing to do with the part, and I enjoy that. That makes me happy. The best part of the movie was the Sentinels. I know. Don't look at me okay. like that. The, but the, they are badass and actually fucking scary. I love okay. a bad guy that can't fucking be beaten. And the only way you can take him out is if you go to absolute extremes. Sure. Um, Or, you know, fly a spaceship up his butthole. That's pretty extreme, though. I, I see what you're saying. I mean, these guys are... I mean, they're actually... they're You're actually scared of them. We watched them murder lots and lots of mutants who normally are very yeah, powerful. like stomped Colossus's head into the ground and... Chopped... Melted Iceman. Uh, chopped uh, Quicksilver, or whatever his name is, in half. Yeah, these... Like, literally split him in half. Um, Yeah, they yeah. were scary. Um, and they they look like a Stephen King contraption. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the best part of the movie. Okay. Well, what's the worst part of the movie, Jay, besides all of the internal inconsistencies? I thought it was fairly internally consistent. Really? Even though? Yeah. Okay. So, even though the one rule they gave us, they broke? So, I'm going to bypass the power set problems. Yeah. Because I understand why they made the decisions they made. Sure. I'm even going to ignore Xavier time traveling through the tunnel created by Wolverine. Oh yeah. I'm gonna sure. I'm gonna hand wave that because they needed to get Stuart and McAvoy they on the screen need together. To, but yes. whatever, sure. They, they had to. It was it was a must. Sure. Um. I don't know who was asking for that, but okay. But beyond all those things that weren't the worst, what was the worst in that long list of things that sucked? <laughs> I th I think really the the worst is the honestly it, the eradication. They 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 used this vessel to eradicate all of the other movies I've watched and enjoyed. Mm -hmm. Well, they're still there. You can watch them again. No, but they didn't happen. Yes, well, you can go back in time and rewatch them. Just just flip a bitch on that timeline, Jay. <laughs> and mean, then don't watch this one. See? And then this one will have never happened. You just start over again. Okay. I mean, if it worked for them, it'll work for you. I don't I can do a little voodoo on your head. Just, uh, you know. Give you a couple little crisscrossy applesauce. Yeah, I didn't like it. Spells. And I mean, to be fair, most ahead. of those movies that they eradicated, I didn't like as much as I wanted to. <laughs> so maybe it's for the best. I Well, I don't know. Because one of those movies is still pretty high up. Two of them are pretty high up. Yeah. Um, so <sighs> speaking of high up, where is this one going to go? I don't know. <clears throat> uh. Well, let's start with the easy question. Would it's, would uh, you watch it again? No. So that puts it below Spider-Man 2. I, I, right above Incredible Hulk 2008. No. No. Hang on. 
X2 is a better movie than this. Agree? Yes. Incredible Hulk is a better movie than it. That's the Edward Norton Hulk. And in retrospect, because I remember loving this movie, in retrospect, the Banner Hulk is probably better, or the Norton Hulk is probably better than this movie. All right. What about Winter Soldier? Because even though Ghost Rider is all the way down there, Winter Soldier is where I stopped to stop giving a shit. <laughs> I'm not playing. Ghost Rider should be up more because of all these movies, I've watched that one the most. Do we put this above Winter Soldier? Winter Soldier with the uh, reveal of Hydra being embedded in S.H.I.E.L.D. Oh, no, 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 Black no. Black Widow. All of the power and emotion of Hydra being revealed is from the TV show. Sh- sure. Uh, Widow Winter being, Soldier does not get to steal their thunder. We get... We get Falcon. We get the uh, we get it Widow being black ass. Falcon's wings off. Okay, well, let's put it above Winter Soldier then. Let's put it above Winter Soldier. Although this does mean that it's above Thor. Yeah, well, I mean, we don't really like Thor that much. No, we don't. And I mean, just the amount of cast alone. No, that's not what we're doing here. It's all right. It's going above Winter Soldier. It's more rewatchable than Winter Soldier. Right now, I'm watching you type it in, and right now it just says Days of Pho. <laughs> oh, our Pho place is going to be closed this weekend, isn't it? Possibly, but we won't be I know, here on we Saturday. Gonna, so. We were going to get any Pho this weekend anyway, All right, is what I'm saying. Oh, and that changes the count to 34. So Days of Future Past just got placed... At one. How have we been doing this for 34 weeks already? 12 of 34. More than 34 weeks because we've got two seasons of a TV show. We've been doing it for 36 weeks. Okay. Speaking of TV shows, uh, we got a couple of weeks and we're going to get season two of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. I think we've timed it right. It's not going to interfere with any movies. So, but, uh, it is another 22 episode season. We've started watching some of the episodes. Recommend you do too. Yeah. Uh, Marvel Movie Night podcast on Facebook has two new followers. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Um, um, I also want to remind everybody we've got our, our WordPress, Marvel Movie Night, uh, dot WordPress. Uh, say it again. Marvel Movie Night dot wordpress dot com uh, the link is in the show notes uh, in the notes and the go there look at the list leave us a note um, go there look at the list leave us a note tell us what you think mm-hmm. what are we watching next week next week is the movie you have been waiting 34 weeks to watch is it guardians of the galaxy it is guardians of the galaxy Fog. It's the only Marvel movie you have flat out refused to watch. Well, I started out just like, no, I don't want to watch it. Because that's what I say anytime you guys want to put on a fucking Marvel movie. Yeah. No, I don't want to watch it. And then she dug in so hard that it turned into a thing. Uh, and the only reason I'm watching it now is because of the podcast. Otherwise, I would never have watched it ever because she nagged me into it being a thing that I wasn't watching it at all. Yeah. 
and now I've lost. It is a movie worth losing for. Uh, it is a hilarious. And the second one is even funnier. Um, but I'm not here for funny. Or trash pandas. Or <laughs> trees that only say three words. Or Merle Dixon in makeup. <laughs> or the worst of the Chris group pretending to be Indiana Jones in Star Wars. Oh, it's so good. It's it's derivative. I haven't even seen it yet, and I know it's derivative. But whatever. I'll watch it. And with that ringing endorsement. Mm-hmm. See you next week. On Marvel Movie Night. <laughs>